fun fact about Bronn. She doesn't like it when people say nice things about her. So when she was on stage recently and a woman who'd probably had a few too many shardies chucked compliments up on the stage, Bron making jokes and she said, you're doing great, love. Bron was like, oh no, please stop to say something mean. She went on and on across her set and Bron getting more and more frustrated at the end. Bron was like, I have to acknowledge this. I have to tell her that she did not make it okay. She looked over at the lady. She was fast asleep. <laughs> you literally put her to sleep. It did. She loved it so much. She went to sleep, but fuck, that was the worst heckler ever. Don't be nice oh. to me. <laughs> you hate it when people are nice to you. I hate when people are patronizing. You're a dumb bitch. You're like, I Thank love you, you babe. Thank and you, if I'm like, so you're much. amazing, you're like, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Such a weirdo. Straight a main game. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that has kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello, mate. Hi. I'm really good. It's been it's been an age. It's been an it age. Has. We have. We've just fallen. We've fallen off the wagon, if you will. Hey, hey, but hey. you have some massive news. What happened to you last weekend, mate? Uh, last weekend, I I entered a competition called Raw Comedy, and um, tell me about Raw, mate. Tell me what what's Raw. Oh, it's been around. I think it's like been like twenty five years, and each year, all the states uh, around Australia they host um, a comp- like you know their own competition. Everyone you know who wants to be- do stand up or has been doing stand up, it's always pretty new people. Um, will do a five minute spot, and if they get through the first heat, they go to the semi final, and then if they go, uh, if they the best in the semi-final a few whoever's better in that goes to the actual final and then whoever and it's different rules for different states so like i know in new south wales and victoria they send through to the grand final i think uh, two or three but in um every other state i think it's just one um mostly so tasmania and queensland and south australia everyone everyone else just gets one so this year, last year, I did it in um, Melbourne, and I only got through to the semi-finals, which because it was absolutely rigged. Um, and <laughs> no, I didn't. And it's good; like, it absolutely makes sense now. Now that I look back on it, I was devastated to get through, but I was like, "Oh, that was a pretty shit set." Like, thank you for thank you for not putting me through. Otherwise, I would have thought that I was that was perfect. And then, so I worked it really hard. I did I went and did it up here in Queensland this year, and amazingly, yeah. I won. You won. 
won. I won. It's I can't amazing. believe it. And I you're joining. I mean, the the I, I absolutely can't believe it. I'm so unsurprised. I had no doubt that you're going to win because you're so fucking good, mate. But I just want to talk about the kinds of people who have won this before. Geraldine Hickey has been a finalist. Nellie Thomas has won. Um, Josh Thomas has won. Hannah Gadsby has won. Tom Ballard was a finalist. This is like you know elite comedians. Mel Buttle was a finalist. It's it's been it's been Reese Nicholson. Like there's so many incredible comics who have um who've who've you know gone you know come through this process and 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 you're you're one of them, mate. You are one yeah. of them. I know. It's I feel amazing. It, yeah. There's no other way. Like I'm. They could. You will be able to throughout this. You'll be able to hear my son. Who um, is a it's tiny very idiot? Rude. Classic white man talking me. over women. <laughs> I won, not you, you idiot. He's smiling at me like <laughs> such a dumbo. I love you, um, but he. So the uh, yeah. So it feels it feels pretty pretty amazing that I got it. I d- honestly didn't expect it um, at all because there's actually some excellent comedians up here. I know that we like to make out make make out with, <laughs> make fun of, stopping weird. <laughs> Stop it! You're such a creep. Such a creep. Oh, disgusting. I know. I know we I like know. to make out with everybody, but not this time. I'm the winner. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm sitting next to my son. He makes me say sexy things. No, there's um, there, we like to make fun of Queensland. We do because that's just what assholes from Melbourne do. It's we do we do all the time. But the more I'm up here, the more I'm like comedy up here is so 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 good. I've always thought it's good, but just like like every. Everywhere I turn in comedy up here, it's just a, like a hell of a good time. And um, so when I like uh, when I got through to the finals, I remember thinking like, "Oh, that's a, it's it's different than Melbourne. It's different, but it's not like it. Like I feel really, uh, really humbled that I got to be on stage with all of these people. And I feel just I don't know. I'm just really I, the whole thing's just been so much fun. And everyone was so nice about it. Like everyone reached out and was like, oh, well done, Brian. Da, 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 da. Um, and so I blocked them because they were being nice. And then, uh, <laughs> then Fuck off. yeah, then I made out with my son. So oh my god, you got mm. you got. How are oh, things you. have really deteriorated. <laughs> He'd be the worst kisser. He's so spit Oh, new low. <laughs> yeah, so it's very good and it's good and I feel really excited. But um, that is, so we're going to do a little bit of a gear change. Things are great for me in that area. Awesome. But let's talk about the kids, Claire. What about the kids? Who cares, frankly? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Next, we've got a winner. Who cares about the kids? Um <laughs> shift in tone so um we we, we've been having a little you know talking obviously about the you know the journey of lockdowns and um and uh the different the different ways it's impacting our families and our kids and um I've got a seven-year-old and a two-year-old neither of them can go to daycare or school at the moment they've both Stevie's been home gosh I think it's coming up on four weeks this time but she's missed it almost um gosh more than half of the last um last terms of school and just so most of most of prep and a lot of this year too and Frida she's too um she's at daycare which she loves she loves it there Mm. and yeah she's home as well and um in the last couple weeks I have seen 
just really significant changes in their behavior in their um in their ability to cope with things and i think the the reality is that um lockdown is 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 starting to really show um show its impact on my girls um mm. frida's always been a dead set psycho um we've mm. we've talked before about how she is and probably will always be like um we have fond memories of her at eight months old just standing around just punching me in the face do you remember that do you remember how when she was oh, yeah. a baby she used to she was really violent it was weird wasn't it so weird violent <laughs> so and you were like so please don't do that i'm like claire put her down she's like bashing you up and you're like she's a baby bron i'm like okay mate carry on then <laughs> and here we are and i'm right once again <laughs> the other day the other day we were enjoying some of our mandated time outside and i'm um, down at the creek which is like a beautiful i'm very lucky we've got a beautiful nature space near our house she picked up this giant spiky stick and her sister was doing something dumb on the ground stevie's got an active in a in a world <laughs> and um frida just came up behind her and just started smashing her over the head oh my god as hard as she could and stevie <gasps> fell forwards it was like something out of like lord of the rings and she was just bawling and she was bleeding out of her head and frida just wouldn't stop i had to run and pick oh frida up god. and put her in time out like next to a tree and she just, Frida just, like, I was comforting Stevie, but Frida was just sobbing in time out in rage and fury and, but also devastation. It was just this horrible kind of. How dare um, you just, put me in time just, out? I am the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Stevie's just like an emotional mess. She's oh god, she's I mean, some of it is just normal seven year old stuff, but she's just she's just doesn't know how to interact with other people. She's just too much. She's mm. just very full on. She also wants to be a YouTube celebrity. Don't know where that came from. It talking to her about why she can't be one is going very badly. Would really seek advice from people. But yeah, I'm I'm we're not Don't step on her to... dreams, Claire. Don't I, step on her dreams. That's I want what to she see the Stevie channel. Me. She Whoa. said I'll send it to you. She said, It's my dream it's always been my dream I'm like you're seven <laughs> how can anything always be your dream mate she I'll send it to you mate. it's like 12 like minutes that. of it's... her being like hi guys um oh it's God. me Stevie um today we're gonna talk about how to do the monkey bars I'm gonna read a book and she just talks for 12 minutes it's riveting oh my um, God I can't wait for you to not send that to me so uh, <laughs> please don't send that to me but she like the other day Stevie called maybe she's maybe there is something about her wanting like an, an audience because it's so only, she's only got you and her I have abuser no at her idea house. why anyone would want an audience Bronwyn no what idea where they would that get that from because yeah, Stevie called Olive the other day and I was listening to them on speaker and um and Stevie was like hey Olive let's start a podcast and Olive's like great idea Stevie and Stevie's like it's our dream Olive it's our dream and Olive kept going like yeah okay all right cool I'll I'll I will happily work with that narrative but we've literally never spoken about this before Stevie's like it's our dream come true (laughs) such a weird kid so much hyperbole like and she's just so intense that's a beautiful heart yeah but of course she's intense because she doesn't she's got no human interaction like you said except me and i'm you know working all the time crying all the time and yeah and her violent little sister um so yeah my Mm. kids are totally cooked how about yours (laughs) 
Oh, look, I mean, obviously we've got different experiences. We're up in Queensland and Edie doesn't t- take much notice of anything. So let's not talk about Edie. But Oliver's a very sensitive kid and she mm. is uh, – we've noticed her anxiety is just um, – it's it's like coming – it's increasing all the time. And we were on holidays recently. So mm. sorry to say that. But we we're in, in Noosa because we're assholes. And we, um, I know. <laughs> Hit me with a stick. Uh, it was um, – and she had – and Olive – Olive just kept complaining about a sore tummy and she'd been complaining about it for a week, like for weeks. But um, it, it would kind of go away when she got distracted. So I remember mm. being like, I could go to the doctor, but you don't, like pain doesn't go away just because you're like, oh, wow, there's my favourite telly show. Like you're still upset about it. So I was like, okay, we'll just kept put, I kept putting it off because I'm a good mum. And then they, and then she... Uh, and, and I'm busy Noosa. winning. Exactly. <laughs> Shh. I'm kissing your brother. But there was a. Um, she had. It's not okay. It's not, it's okay. not a, in a sexy way. On the face with my face. <laughs> on his face. It's so cute. It's the cutest face. But it, they, um, so she, she like every time that there was something new about to happen like oh we're gonna go out for lunch at this place that you've never seen. She'd be like oh okay oh actually my tummy's really sore I don't know and we we're like oh that's weird. How does that keep happening? Anyway, then eventually our, um, our friend Nerida, who was there, she was like, it just, sa- just sounds like anxiety to me because that's what happens to me when I feel anxious is I feel a bit funny in my tummy. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started to notice it. With, I like, applied that lens. And so every time there was something new, she felt sick. And then it started to get like so quite debilitating. Like she couldn't stand up for some of it. And I was like, oh, my oh, gosh. Poor little mate. And it was so – and then so, and then like – uh, things that weren't in her control started to really bother her. So everything, because, and because this is a, a very uncontrollable time, when mm. something happened that she wasn't expecting or something happened that just wasn't part of the script, she would instantly feel sick in her stomach and either start crying or she would um, like just need like a huge time out and I was like this oh, is sweet. really really strange and she's uh, been anxious for a long time right but like it came yeah, it was quite a, there was quite far. a period of like of her having quite control over it right like there was definitely a, a period where she kind of like it calmed down a bit but like why do you think why do you think it's accelerated recently well well just COVID like it's everything that she knows is like well she, obviously moving up here has been a bit of a change but I just think that like every time you turn the news on and the news is on in the car I've got it, we've stopped doing that now but mm. uh the radio but it, we've had to stop listening to it because it was like you know we listened to the news the other morning it was like oh uh a plane leaving Afghanistan had people hanging off the sides and they all fell off and people fell off oh and and I was like oh my god mum did they die and I was just like in shock myself and Edie from the back of the car went um Ah, no, they had parachutes on. Like, looked at us like we were fucking idiots. Perfect Yeah, exactly. Just to live like that would be so nice. But like, oh, but I knew that Olive would have carried that with her. Like, she's still probably thinking about it, which I'm still thinking about it. Like, it was horrific. So every time you turn the news on, it's, it's something bad. And kids, even if there's not on the radio, parents always talk about COVID. The small, the the general small talk, even up here is about COVID. 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 Yeah. So they're like, oh, my God, this is... And then, like, you know, they're saying, oh, kids are getting it now. So when I go to the shops now, I'm always like, don't touch anything. Mm. Whereas before, it was, we're a little bit we were a little bit complacent with that because it wasn't really up here. And also, um, 
kids weren't getting it and it felt like there was enough time for us to be like oh it's not it's not so bad for kids like it's okay but now it's like mm. oh don't touch that guy kids are getting it and I, if I say that to Edie she's like oh okay oh okay that applies to me okay I might th- I might listen to you but if I say that to Olive she yes. like yeah, yeah she wears she it like a cloak and I'm like night. oh my god so she so we we have to, we have to just like this I don't know how this is going to come out in the wash eventually but 77 percent of children in Australia are impacted by not seeing their friends and family 58 percent are um, by change in routine, fifty-seven percent by missing important events, and eleven percent by financial hardship. So all of these, yeah. if we have a look, so it's majority of kids, apart from the eleven percent by financial hardship, which is still an enormous amount, and that is we don't know what financial hardship is like. It's kind of be this domino effect. We don't know what things are going to be affected in the long run no, because no. of this. But kids absorb all, like, like apart from apart from Edie, uh, kids absorb things, and mm, we and, and like. And so, like, the, it could be it, – it's maybe other states aren't experiencing as, like, um, extremely as New South Wales and Victoria with you guys not being able to go to – the kids aren't going to school. And also, I think with – like, we're around, you know, it's like, oh, great, the kids are at home – at least they're at home with their parents. Amazing. But if that parent is going through a shitty time, if that parent is feeling – which they almost certainly are. If they're feeling the strain of like like working from home, the crappy weather, that having not having no idea how long lockdown's going to go, kids notice that as well. They're like, "Oh wow, mum's really not loving yeah. this." And okay. it's like I think I think that that that's really interesting. Like, um, I have had such so, so little to give, such a short kind of. Not fuse. It's not a short fuse, but it's like a short... Or maybe it is. Gosh, I've been more irritable and more stretched and had less capacity to kind of, you know, engage with my kids than ever in the last few weeks in particular. And it's because of trying to balance everything like work and taking care of them. And, and they $100 notice. Like, they notice that, you know, I'm, I'm not paying attention to them. They're watching more telly than they ever have. They're, I just I don't have space or time to play with them and... And when I'm working and when I'm not working, I'm just exhausted and, and trying really hard. But we just have just such reduced, um, you know, resources. Nobody came into this new lockdown with a full cup. And um, the, the wear is showing. But I just want to be really, really clear. There's a, there's an organisation down in Victoria. They're called the Shadow Pandemic Victoria. And they're, they're mostly really wealthy people in Armadale, Pran and Turak. Um, and, you know, we're talking about the most privileged people in our community and they are um they are advocating for children to go back to school um and some of its followers include very very um the, the age released a um um a, a story today about who trying to understand who was um who was involved and influences like Nadia Bartel and Rebecca Judge two women I don't yeah. think we really like <laughs> well not 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 like well, that's the wrong language two women who are just terrible people much better <laughs> are advocating really strongly for kids to go back to school but um but like it's it's we're talking about the impacts on our kids not to advocate for a return to school where you know the outbreaks are really bad because we don't want our ICUs overloaded we we know we this is all a balance and but but we also need to do more to talk about how to support our children and our families and ourselves through this because it's relentless and it's hard but yes we are not we're not aligned with any of those groups we do not agree with them they're yeah. pretty cooked yeah yeah, look, I think that people would understand that for us anyway. 
Um, but it is, it's just a, it's just a crummy time. And I, I, I think that we need to like, everyone's like, you know, look out for yourself, just do what you need to do. But, um, yeah, I reckon we need to start thinking about what, like how, how is this in the long run going to affect our kids? And the conversations that we have with them are definitely, mm. uh, they're important right now. So it's like, you know, like if you, if you are upset about something, explaining why that is upsetting or, uh, to you mm. or if, if they're feeling anxious, it's about like taking the time to listen to them. And this is, we are not, we never give it parenting advice. We never would claim that we know. Because we anything. shouldn't quite yeah. frankly. We're not yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. You should see. I'm just like throwing a, uh, throwing a toy at my son right now. I'm like, stop making noises. Like, Mum is busy. I'm a winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you know who I am? But, it, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we never would, but I reckon it is like I I I underestimated how much Oliver was absorbing of the news. It took me ages mm. to realise that she was listening to she listened to everything, and I knew that about her, but I wasn't thinking. Oh, okay, this is a pretty shitty time to to listen to the news. So maybe don't put it on in front of the kids because they some of them, Parmeedy and Frida, Frida will smash you with a stick before exactly. she'll listen to Fred you. doesn't give a fuck. But yeah. the Olives and the Stevies, the, the older kids, the ones who have, have, you know, the ones who probably understand a lot more about the world, the ones who are, yeah. you know, deeply missing a lot, you know, the, like it's, it's those, but I just, I need help. I need help to know how to have those conversations when I'm also yeah. feeling a complete lack of hope. Um, to yeah, like, that's it. It's hard yeah, to help so someone through someone something. Someone could talk to my kids on my behalf. That I'd would be, be great. Grateful. Do you know who I wouldn't? Do you know who I wouldn't get to talk to your kids? Who? Triple J. And the reason no. why? <laughs> the reason why is because they are very, they are very in hot water at the moment, Claire. Oh, they are in hot hot water. So, moving on, beautifully, beautifully segued as Thank always. You, um, so um, there, uh, so there's been a trend on Twitter where um, people were riffing on a pickup line, which is "Did it hurt?" Which is that you know the old one was "Did it hurt when you fell from heaven?" Um, and and um, and everyone's been kind of doing funny, kind of very um, work culture um, uh, updates on that. What did Triple Day say, mate? What did they say? They said, "Oh, did it hurt when you aged out of the youth radio station?" It's like, Oof. oh my Oof. god, Oof. what? It was just awful, awful. Were you like, and, the, and Twitter quite fairly just absolutely went nuts. Like, yeah. it was just awful. Um, uh, so, so Avery the... Wills, who's a female, a, a female artist, said, "As a female artist who stopped getting played on rotation when I hit my thirties, I finally feel seen." Um, it's, it's. All, all of all of these people came out and said, "Well, actually, it's a, been a really important source of connection." And and also, have you looked at your demographics? A lot of thirty and forty year olds listen to your station. And actually, also, have you looked at the type of music you play? Mm. Because it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So I think Triple J. The reason why they were doing it, they're being very defensive, is because a lot of like there is a really popular kind of wave of people who say. Triple J isn't what it used to be. It used to play really good music. Now it plays bullshit. And so they're they're being defensive and they're being immature by being like, well, you stop listening then. Like if you if we've moved on, you should move on too. Like go to Triple M, whatever. But this is um, but that's only a, there was only a small amount of people who were complaining that it, it used to be better. 
that enormous amount of people still listen to it in their 30s and 40s and 50s yeah, and so on. Yeah, and I listen to Double Day a lot too. Double Day's yeah. like so. And there's one lady called... People? That's right. So one lady called Jane wrote, um, I understand what you're trying to do with this tweet, but that doesn't make it any less insulting to a huge section of your listeners. I've listened to Triple J for 33 years now. Mm. This won't stop me listening, but I will know now I'm unappreciated as a listener. So it hurts. And a lot of people were super angry about it because of the timing of it. So mm. uh, when, like you said, there's a lot of um, uh, missing connect uh, connections right now. And so when people are tuning in, and I like, I remember listening to um, morning radio a lot, and uh, and thinking that the people on the radio, the, the people on the radio were kind of like my friends. I'd be like, oh, classic, classic, uh, Kay Langborough, classic Miff or whatever. I'd be like, that is, she would say that and, and we're friends. And then and, and then when <laughs> they say something like, oh my God, um, you're old or oh my God, we don't care about you. Then I'd be like, excuse me? Like, oh my God, I've invested so much of my time into you and I felt like we had something because that's the whole point of them is to make them feel like they're connecting with people yeah to feel like you're a part of a community yeah one guy this guy called Simon said did it hurt when you insulted your audience in the midst of a pandemic (laughs) which is yeah which it it was just such a like it was a shitty it was a shitty tweet and it was shit up terribly timed terribly timed but what i think what i think is is really critical about this um is the kind of music that they play and the presenters so um a, a victorian um woman an artist um who goes on instagram by guthrie sounds looked at the demographics of um of the types of music that was played and and um the average age for women who get played on triple j is 25 the average age of men is close to 30 but then they looked at the presenters the average age yeah. for women was 28 the average age for men was 38 there's there six go. six women presenters and 13 men and so there's a massive there's a massive issue with you know the the types of recognition they give to women as they age and we're talking about an industry where we are we 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 age out of relevance right this is like all aspects of life we we get to a certain age we no longer we are no longer relevant we're no longer important but it's okay for men like you can age and you can still be in kind of massive bands and have you know massive stadium concerts but women women have to have to kind of do all this work to present themselves as sexy present themselves in a new light you look at you look at people you know as they age like you know who are the massive pop stars like lady gaga and katie perry who are well Mm. into their 30s and they constantly have to having to prove that they're still sexy that they're still important that they're still relevant but men don't have that kind of pressure on them and so this is this is a really significant gendered element to this as well and and it's it's just it's fucking it's absolutely tone deaf of them like that mm. you're supposed to represent the youth represent their values as well yeah and and our values too it's just totally tone deaf and ageist and and shitty yeah just a shitty thing to do and i guess it's that it's that knee jerk reaction which i think we've all been guilty of, of 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 listening to one person or listening to like the noisy wheel and being like that is the majority Hmm. right now and then and being like cool you have insulted me so i'm going to insult everyone who is who looks vaguely similar to you or sound Hmm. and then and everyone else is like oh no we we never thought that like what that guy thought 
we really liked no. it. So, and it, like you said, like the people who were actually running this, running Triple J. An older man. Yeah, they're like, one guy said, that's no way to talk to your employees. And another guy <laughs> and another guy wrote, dude, you're 43. So I was like, oh, yeah. So oh, what are we doing? That's classic thing where it's, uh, and I, I love, I really, I, I really enjoy seeing this. And it's in, in quite a few of the men that I know, they kind of, they, they hit their mid-30s and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm a cool, you know, I'm a cool dad. I'm a cool, cool young guy. And this doesn't apply to me. It applies to, you know, women because women, uh, you know, they do kind of deteriorate when they age. But I'm still yeah. relevant. I'm still exactly. cool. And I can make fun of this, but it doesn't apply to me. I'm still, yeah. I'm still going to parties. I'm cool. I'm it's- wearing Converse. <laughs> I'm wearing Converse all day. I'm like, cool, cool, dude. Girl, I, I, just, I don't know. Just just think, think. And, and this is just a really, really poor poorly timed tweet poor like that just hurt a lot of people yeah yeah especially when everyone's really sensitive but also we like we used to make fun about we used to do some ages stuff at the start and then when are we ca- were called out on it i think we yeah when we got called out on it my son just vomited on me good um <laughs> is uh we um we were like, oh, yeah, that doesn't align with our values at all. It's just one of those kind of mindless things that we're taught to make fun of is when you are when you are getting a bit older, you – or, you know, whatever that means, you have to point it out before someone else does. So I – I um, my uh, latest set, I, I had a joke at the start which I liked but I didn't love and so I changed it to – I had to change it and whilst it wasn't as snappy it just aligned more with um your values yeah with my values and I think that that's really important though so whilst whilst the first one you know it's probably like an easier laugh I I didn't feel right saying it like so I'll just tell you what it is it was something like you know I got AstraZeneca because I'm tough as shit um uh but I mostly got it to let people know that I'm still under 40 but I (laughs) Uh, but I had to change it. So I changed it to, I got AstraZeneca because I'm tough as shit. Um, but mostly I got it because I love watching people try and work out if I'm under 40 or over 60. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, a, like it's, not as, like it's not as snappy, but it's ridiculous. Like it's an absurd joke. Yeah, so I'm not, silly. I'm not, it's a stupid joke. You're not, you're not being I'm, a jerk to people, right? Yeah, because like I don't. being kind. Yeah, because I actually genuinely like getting older and it's the best. And so when I'm 40, I'm be like, fucking so good. I don't want to, I don't want to be 40 and sitting in an audience and being like, listening to someone go, how shit would it be to be over 40? I'd be like, oh, because yeah. well, I really like this. I thought yeah. that, and I'm paid, I paid money to be here. So how awkward for you. To say that I don't matter. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know. I, it's it's like it's it's a really fascinating time as well to kind of you know to alienate your listenership when radio you know it, it's a you know it's often referred to as a dying industry and yeah. you know it's it's there's just so much competing media just like you know free to air tv it's 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 seeing a real downturn in how people interact with it and why and so to go and alienate you know like a, like a, an older demographic who is still used to the you know the um turning on the radio and it's part of their mm. daily routine it's just it's just it's dumb it's dumb marketing it's a dumb business like dumb. you guys do you want to survive like will you just did a really dumb thing to maybe know, make it a bit harder yeah and it's like if you if, if it was nova or like i don't know what any other ones are called blink 182 i don't know what radio stations <laughs> are called. There's, i just I, I 
like that would be like ah classic but it, it's just so disappointing that it was triple it is j disappointing so, it damn is. it and um, you know what else is disappointing to double j but yeah like this it just it just really made me feel why am i giving them my time yeah i'm too it's old too, too old I'm for too this hot. shit and do you know who i am <laughs> i'm getting astrazeneca i i'm a winner yeah exactly <laughs> Shut up, Barry. Kiss me. So there's, um, there is something else that's actually quite disappointing. We both uh, have read an article. Um, so this is no surprise to you, Claire, because you know how this show has pl- planned out. It is very vague, but you know what I'm about Perfectly. to talk about. But I'm I talking do. to you like you don't. I don't. That's, that's how I podcasts do. work, Claire. Who this are is, you? I'm too old. I'm, I'm, show- I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> this is show business. What? Welcome. Speak Welcome. Up. I am a winner. So this uh, we recently read in the Cine- oh. Sydney Morning Herald. It was an opinion piece by Samantha Selinger-Morris and it was very well written. It's about, and the topic is, will we ever stop secretly obsessing about our weight? And even in the title of this piece, you're like, oh, God yeah, damn it. Yeah, I know. It's such an oof. It is such a, like you read it and you're like, oh, fuck. I, I thought don't it, want to. I thought at some point, at some point this goes away. Yeah. And it does, like, <sighs> sure, it, I reckon, this is modern, I've thought about this a lot. It definitely dims like it goes it goes quieter that voice is less angry perhaps less present you'll go um, many hours in the day without thinking about it well I do anyway this is my personal experience but then it it, it it's it's like a it's a you know it's like a chink in your armor where it, yeah. it's like a you know your Achilles heel sometimes if you're feeling a bit crap and then you walk past an unflattering mirror and you're like ha oh, what did Ouch. what's happened that so before, there. before we go through this article and what it says Brian like when does it come up for you and what do you do about it like what do you do to to you know to to control your weight sure so um I reckon I uh, feel that that dreaded pang of self disappointment mm. uh, or like just frustration with my body when I get a photo back from a gig mm. and on on stage I feel like fire like I feel like I'm absolutely untouchable I don't care like I, like I'll make heaps of like silly faces none of it's supposed to, I'm never none of my set is supposed to look sexy that is not the vibe I'm going for um so that's not so it doesn't make sense if I was up there posing or, mm. you know, sucking my gut in or whatever. But you still want to look nice, right? Like you still want to go yeah. there and look nice. Yeah. So when it's I, totally I, fair enough. And I just want to, it's supposed to be funny. So that's, yeah. so like I go up there and I, and when I do a great set and I'm like, absolutely feel like the most magical beast ever. And then I get off stage and I'm like, that was so good. And then someone will be like, I took some awesome photos of you and they mean it. Like they're not being like, yeah. ha ha ha, this is going to hurt her feelings. And they'll send them to me and I'll go, oh my God, that is. And then I can, that gig will shift in my head completely. I'll be like, oh, wow, yeah. I really thought that was amazing, but I look not good very good which is so Mm. dumb and like the logistically i'm like oh logically rather i'm like uh like it that's not why i'm there but it's still that that you know that 13 year old me will come out and go oh that's disappointing yeah that that was that was the most important thing and i I don't think it's dumb i mean let's let's reframe this and give ourselves a little bit of credit this is a lifetime of, of socialization this is a lifetime of um you know, like it's not done. This is how you've learned to think about yourself and value yourself. It's it's like that that it exists is 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 really disappointing and really hard. But you know, you're just a you, you are a um 
you are a consequence of your your culture of your socialization mm. yeah so i um I had this observation yesterday. I was driving down this highway and there was a sh- shop on the side of the road and it was called King Size. And it was a shop for, you know, those like uh, custom, those specialty shops for people like blokes that were just, you know, maybe really super tall or really super big or whatever. So they have to go to a specialty shop for their mm. clothes. And it was called King Size. And it was the, the, um, the image that they had to promote it was a, this giant man with, um, wearing this really nice suit and he was hugging a skyscraper <laughs> as but the skyscraper was tiny compared to him and it was like this celebration of how yeah, giant like how much he was space he gets to yeah. take off. it's like yeah you get yeah. to be big that's great for a dude exactly and then the name of it king size yeah. like everything about it was a celebration of that um i guess and, and i don't want to say abnormality but that that point of difference and yeah. uh, from like the mainstream this is you know you can't shop at target kind of thing and it was and it was a it was great like i like how awesome that someone would go in there and be like like i'm the fucking king of the world to to be able to shop here and this is a this is a good part about me but we don't do that for women at all and so when when women have to shop at specialty shops so and, and they're, they've got, they're really like really patronizing names like big and beautiful or like um yeah. i don't even know what the rest are called like city chic or something like i don't even know what they are but it's always really like I don't, it, nothing seems powerful No, exactly. About it's, it. it's all about reducing it and hiding it and yes. making, like, it's okay, you can still be hot. Like, yeah. And, yeah, and it's, 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 we've, we've talked before on the podcast about size shaming, about the idea that being a particular size is a failure and we get really disappointed and I've, gosh, I've bought so many times, I've known that I was a size 12, I've bought a size 10 pair of trousers even though I knew that they wouldn't fit, got home, tried them on and just felt devastated when they didn't because the number, the number is so significant. And I really hoped that the older I got, the more that would fade out, the more that that expectation or that, that, you know, that, that want to be small would fade out, but it, it, it doesn't and it hasn't. And, um, I don't, you know, obviously there's not as much time outside and, um, my house only, this new house only has, um, kind of one mirror in the bathroom which is just about shoulder height which is actually really good so I don't spend loads of time and I've been trying to really focus on what my body can do like you know like with like gymnastics and like strength training and stuff but it's still you know every time I feel I feel bloated I feel like my belly's belly is fat I feel like my legs are fat I feel really disappointed in myself and I feel deeply unattractive and I still and I still think about food all the time and I still you know restrict what I eat and like and and I don't and and it's it's just it's disappointing that this is the you know this is the um this is the way that we continue to see ourselves but this hello Ari shut up no it's so fun shut up Ari we're winners so don't have time for babies um this article was talking about um what happens when we age and um it talked particularly about Jennifer Lopez we've talked about her in the podcast Mm. before she um is often often photographed in very skimpy bathers looking just like look at she looks like a 20 year old and she's kind of held up as like you can you can still be hot in your fifties, mm. and um, we've talked about you know the impact of that and the accountability that she may have to kind of making sure that everybody understands that you don't just get to look like this. This is, you know, dietitians and um, personal trainers and um, you know a team of people who photograph you and groom you so that you can look, you know, quite unlike a fifty something year old person 
but um so that that pressure to remain hot and look really young once you get older is it's increasing Mm. um and this and this this article tells this really sad story about a woman who in her 80s um who had really awful pain she had debilitating back pain and leg pain and she couldn't walk and she was offered a remedy again she's in her 80s um which would get her out of um get get her out of a wheelchair and get her back to walking but the side effect was possible two kilo weight gain and this woman who was immobile rejected the treatment because she didn't want to gain weight it's just and this is this is this is how we're just we continue to think and we continue to right into you know our age it's it's just such a shame and it's it's also a secret shame as well because as you know feminist women as women who you know have really strong kind of values and really strong ideas about how we should be able to move in society and how we want our children to think about us themselves um we we don't talk about a lot of these things because it is an admission that parts of us don't necessarily align with our values yeah and so I don't want to think this. So yeah i don't I, like you know it, it, it feels it feels kind of yuck to be like yeah i still diet yeah i still yeah. control the control the food that i because it feels like a betrayal it feels yeah but it's 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 an honest reflection on the pressure that remains on us to look and present a particular way and, and especially when you've got when you've got daughters and you're like yeah. I don't want you to ever notice that this is something that I give a shit about exactly and, and I also I, I'm sick to I'm just, I don't I'm sick to death of I'm sick to death of it and, and but it is one of those things that, so one of my uh, one of our really good friends um, I remember her she lent me uh, books so she's uh, only recently just turned sixty is Doris she listens to this oh, podcast hi, we Doris. love Doris really she's the best Such but a I, woman. I remember her lending me wanting to lend me a book uh, she said oh this I read this book it was really interesting it was about mindful eating or something like mm. uh, something along those lines and I was like oh okay. Um, I don't want to read that. That sounds too boring for me. And she was, she said, it's got some really great things in it, but I, I can't apply it to my life because I'm too far gone. Like I, I oh, yeah. that's just not, my brain has just, you know, and, and that made sense to me. You, if you, your brain is so used to viewing your body and food in a certain way, it's really hard to change that. It to is be like, really, really hard. It's yeah. really, and like, I, uh, I, I feel, I feel relatively comfortable with my place in you know the world and how I feel about my body and all of this I don't feel like any of it is extreme but I I would not I would definitely not say that I'm unscathed by society's idea of what I'm supposed to look like definitely not but um I worry about what like even some of my um micro actions around mm. food and talking and exercise and things I'm worry about what my kids pick up my mum never seemed to worry about food, uh, food when we were growing up and so I never I didn't get that from mum but I remember my aunties caring about it a lot mm. and talking about it and that impacted me and being like oh okay and uh one of our dear friends um her mum is constantly on a diet like oh, she's yeah. she's she'd be you know mid 60s and he's just she died she's been dieting since she was like a tiny kid and uh like every time i see her shushari every time i see her <laughs> she i every i i always say oh wow you look like you've lost weight and and i say it even whether i've noticed it or not because i just know, know it's, it's the important most important thing to her yeah. yeah so will we ever stop secretly obsessing about our weight claire 
Oh gosh, I, I don't know. We're t- our friends, you know, my 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 mom and my mom. Ha- I was really influenced by her eating when when I grew up as well. Like she's an emotional eater. Like it's her it's her feelings, and I learned definitely picked that up from mm. from my parents. Um, and um and and now they both like so, like really restrict their food. They do like um the fasting and stuff, which is you know works for them. They're really happy with it. But you know they're 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 you know also you know like they're they're well into you know later middle age and I watch them and they they're still fixating and and I, I just I don't see it shifting for myself what I what I do see shifting for myself which is really nice is just again that focus on what my body can do yeah. rather than like I'm standing locked down trying to learn how to do a handstand which is Hilarious. like it's so funny it's like I'm, I'm doing these courses. Like it's really hard because I can't, I just can't do it. And I'm like every day I'm getting a little bit better, a little bit closer to it. And that's really lovely and rewarding. I'm like, huh, like, and I'm taking videos of myself to try to correct my form and like watching the videos. And, you know, I'm still like, oh God, like my tummy looks fat and my arms are big. Oh, that's this thing that my brain goes to straight away. Can you post, really good, can you no. post a video of you doing a handstand online? Please. You just want to laugh. I do. Claire, you know, that's what I want to do. I would never pretend. <laughs> otherwise please it's not gonna happen oh, if yeah. I look if I get one I will show you I will I will do a video and you will be so impressed with me but um but like it's that's a really helpful tool because um I'm looking at these videos of my you know body and I'm like oh look at how much progress I'm making towards yeah. this little goal of just like mobility and strength and 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 that's that's a really really lovely shift but it's still yeah. there i don't think it's, it's still there away. it's still there we just have to kind of like keep talking to that stupid voice yeah she's never gonna go away but at least we can i don't know bully her yeah. uh we um um all i can imagine now is you doing a handstand and frida coming up with a spiky stick and smashing you in the face <laughs> Like, ah. well, the cute thing about it is Stevie's learning too with me. Oh, Frida adorable. tries to copy, and it's but yeah, it's very cute. But like that's that's positive modeling, right? But yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, and, and but yeah, I just I, I worry and I wonder about you know I hope that we can break the intergenerational cycle. But oh kids God, just be pick up stuff. They pick everything, up stuff all everything, the just time. like they pick COVID up sticks, crap. they pick up rocks. Yeah, they exactly. Smash their sister. Yeah. Exactly. Awful. Yeah, that's what awful. that's the take that's the takeaway from this is Frida is an absolute psychopath. Exactly. There's no other lessons from this episode except that. Thank you mm. so much for joining us. Thank you. We've been good, Jules. <laughs> no, I should. Go, Ari is about to kick off this. I cannot believe we got through the whole episode. I I cannot believe we got through the whole episode that, as well. It's a Christmas exactly. bloody miracle, mate. It is incredible. Thank you, Ari. Thank you, Ari. Bless you, mate. Thank you for your patience. Little man. Little All right. We have been good, Sheila's. We, we love you guys. Been. Goodbye. Bye.